Welcome, listeners, to Full-Time Photographer. If this is your first time here, this is the podcast that takes you behind the lens into the world of successful photography businesses. I'm your host, John Stell, and I've spent years honing the craft and the art of marketing as a full-time photographer. In this show, we'll dive deep into the strategies that propel photographers from passion to profession, from branding that leaves a lasting impression to digital marketing techniques that elevate your visibility. Join me as we unravel the mysteries of search engine optimization, demystify the powers of social media, explore the nuances of client relationships through our candid conversations. You'll hear expert interviews, practical tips, and whether you're an established pro looking for fresh insights or just starting out on this exciting journey, this podcast is crafted with you in mind. Together, we'll navigate the marketing maze one click at a time. Welcome again. A great conversation requires two people talking and listening. Angelo believes a great photograph requires the same. His approach to photography is not to tell people what to do or how to do it. Instead, he works to create environments where people feel like their most authentic selves and then capture what happens. Although he went to school to study photography, life has been his best teacher. When making photographs, he tries to capture moments that resonate with his heart. Usually these moments are simple and right in front of him. While he generally has a camera in his hand or nearby, when he's not making photographs, he loves hanging with his dog, listening to music, getting lost in a great book, or enjoying a moment of silence in a loud world. Angelo is the youngest of 11 kids, and he discovered early that in addition to learning how to eat quickly, following your heart is the best way to live. He has been fortunate enough to work with many wonderful clients, including Susan G. Komen, Case Western, Reserve University, Cleveland Magazine, Pfizer, is it Donor Agency, and the New York Times. And its photographs have been featured in magazines and exhibitions all around the globe, as well as being a part of the permanent collection in the Akron Art Museum. I appreciate you taking some time and talking to me, Angelo. Oh, yeah, man. Glad to be here. Thanks for uh, inviting me. Of course, of course. And I want to start out by uh, getting a little bit more information about you. Where are you from? Where do you live? And what's the market like there? I grew up in Akron, Ohio, and I've lived in a few other states. But um, 10 years ago, I moved to Cleveland. I, I was living in New York, and then um, I moved back here for several reasons and have been uh, building and trying to maintain a, I don't want to say, a, I guess, building and maintaining a business, really. But um, but I've been back here for, for about a decade. And, you know, like everyone knows, it's been a pretty interesting decade, especially the last few years. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I, I Cleveland has been good for me. It's, um, you know, compared to New York, the cost of living is obviously much lower. And while there aren't as many opportunities as, a, as you might come across living in a city like New York or Los Angeles or, or a bigger city, um, there are still a lot of opportunities here. And I think with the, the world we live in now with communications being a lot easier um, being here gives me access to say you know a, a magazine or 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 a business that needs something done in Cleveland or Northeast Ohio or Pittsburgh is a few hours away from me so I'll, I'll get a lot of work that is sort of like that somebody's in uh, New York they need a portrait of somebody in Columbus and they search for somebody in and around Columbus and I might come up and and then get the job so um, you know, there are a lot of great photographers here in Cleveland, but uh, a lot of my work actually isn't really, doesn't really originate here in Cleveland for better or for worse. Weird. I'd, I'd imagine that like Cleveland being, uh, I mean, I, I've, I've heard mixed things about it, but I would just imagine that there'd probably be some bigger companies like based in Cleveland that would provide a, a market that's somewhat sustainable. Well, there are uh, those businesses. I, uh, have just not, for whatever reason, have not really been able to crack into some of the local stuff. Gotcha. And so I, I've found that um, I've had to go outside of Cleveland 
And uh, I do have clients here in Cleveland. It's just not, um, it's not the, the bulk of my business. Right on, right on. Well, like how, uh, what got you started in photography? I grew up actually uh, playing music. That was my first love. Uh, I did that for a long time. I, I have an older brother who's a very successful musician. He is a drummer and uh, producer, and he, he lives in Harlem, he and his wife. And uh, so at a young age, I was inspired by him to play the drums, and I did that for a long time. I moved to Nashville in the 1990s and, and pursued things there and kind of bounced around a bit. And uh, I enjoyed that, but I, I got to a point where I was a little burned out or a lot burned out on music. and and not to get off on a tangent, it was it was really because I, I think I wasn't really living too much of a healthy life in the sense of, of balancing music and everything else in life. And I, I really burned myself out. And at, at the time I was in Nashville, I was uh, dating a young woman who was a painter and she had a Canon AE1 program. Oh, and yeah. She just said, hey, why don't you give this a try? And this was, I don't know, 1999 or so, 99 or 2000. And I remember looking through the viewfinder and just thinking, wow, this is, this is it. Um, you know, it, not that all these thoughts were clear at the moment, but it was kind of like, you know, on the drums, I, I struggled to really express the things that I felt Yeah. because I didn't write lyrics. I didn't write music. And with a camera, I felt like, you know, I could choose what I wanted and what I didn't want to be in the viewfinder and try to express those things through the photographs that I made. So that was, you know, that was a, a pretty instantaneous thing. And then of course it took years for things to develop and to, you know, learn how to use a camera, which is still a daily thing. But so it was really about a little over 20, almost 25 years ago that I, you know, had that, that moment where I decided this is something I really want to figure out how to do. And, you know, it's been a, an interesting road since then. And it's I've been so fortunate, funny, you know, yeah, I, I think about it all the time. I'm like, man, you know, I really wish that, you know, I kind of started maybe the opposite. I was like, oh, I think I'm going to be a photographer, right? Like, how can I make this happen? But I, I was always like envied all these kids in high school and stuff that were in bands um, that were like maybe even doing like a small tour, like just even locally. Like, oh, there's these like four dive bars or like these little like DIY venues. And, you know, and then they're like, yeah, I mean, I grew up in Texas, so they're like, yeah, I mean, we have a show in Louisiana. And I was like, you get to travel to play music, you know? <laughs> so yeah. I was like, dude, that's what I want to do. So it's funny to see. I mean, you know, the grass is always greener, right? right. So that's a that's an interesting perspective, though. Yeah, it was great. I, you know, I I enjoyed it. I had some wonderful experiences and met some interesting people, some that I'm still in touch with. And um, sure. I got to see a lot of the country and, and do some things that a lot of people don't get to experience. And I still... You know, I still have some drums and still enjoy playing. It's just not, it's not the, it's not what it once was. And that's, you know, I learned a lot from playing music. And like I mentioned earlier, trying to stay mentally healthy. You know, I learned a lot from what I didn't do then that I apply to photography now to make sure that I, I don't burn myself out on this. Oh, yeah. Because it's hard when you're, you know, if you're passionate about something and you, you get into something because you love it and then you decide that's what you want to do for a living as well and running a business is hard you know it's oh, like yeah. yeah i spend more time doing that than i do really making photographs and so i think you have to really make sure you you're aware of that and it's different for different people i'm a very sensitive person and i know some people are a little more maybe you know 
not cut and dry with things, but I, for me, it's really important that I listen to myself when I feel like uh, either I'm getting burned out or tired of something and, and, and knowing when to take a step away and give myself a break so that I don't take away that excitement and joy of making photographs. I mean, it's not always a, a perfect equation, but from those experiences of playing music, I am hyper aware of how quickly you can lose that excitement without even realizing it. And then it grows like a weed. Man, it's funny that you mentioned the the more business than I think that was the biggest wake up call. It's like, oh, I really want to be a great photographer, you know, and I'm, I'm going to learn all this stuff. And then I meet these people that are like good photographers and they're like super business sound. Oh my God. You know, where, what have I done? Where am I? You know what I mean? This is a, yeah. this is a totally different world than what I thought it was going to be. And it's been back me up on this. It's exciting. A lot of times it's stressful. Um, sure. And especially once yeah. you get a little momentum going, you're like, Oh, I can't stop. I got to really like keep pushing, keep doing this, keep digging, you know? And, and yeah, you will find, find some burnout at the bottom of that hole. But yeah, man, it's, it's, uh, it's difficult to think on a, a lot of levels. Um, it's great. I wouldn't trade the challenges I've faced to, to make a living as a photographer. I wouldn't trade it for anything because I, you know, I just recently turned 50 and, you know, I've gone through some things in life where you, like everyone does, but you, you know, you realize life is kind of short and it's not a, a guarantee. And I, I realized that I, I do something for a living that I, I love. And that's, that's great. While it's also a decision, you know, I, I come across a lot of people who will say like, oh man, that's so cool. You get to do what you love. And it's like, well, yeah, but you know, but I'm doing that because I'm choosing to do that. And, and running a business, it's just me. So, you know, I think some people think that if you're a photographer, either either there's the response of you can make a living doing that, I have no idea, or people think it's just this, you know, this amazing life where you just wake up, make some photographs, you know, drink some espresso, make some more photographs, go to the bar. And it's like, maybe for some people, but for me, it's, it's a lot more than that. So I'm very thankful, though, that I, I am doing this because you know, there are much more difficult ways to make a living or, or ways that, that don't bring the same kind of joy to me that uh, photography does. But um, it's not quite as easy as you might think, especially when you get into it. And then you're like, wait a minute, you know, I need insurance for my gear or, you know, there's taxes and there's this and, oh, yeah. and you know, and, and so I love it. I wouldn't trade it. I just, you know, when I when I was playing music when I was younger, I often would meet um, guys who were a little further into it than me, and and maybe things didn't turn out quite the way they wanted them to. And I remember these older musicians saying, "Oh, you want some advice about this industry?" And I'd say, "Yeah, of course." And they'd say, "You know, don't get into it or get a different career." And I, yeah, I always remember thinking, like, "Well, if it didn't work out for you, that's one thing, but like, don't rain on my parade." So, oh yeah. So now when I, if I meet people who are just getting into this, I, I don't want to be that person because I don't feel that way. But I also, I, you know, I, I try to be as honest as I can in the sense that like, Hey, you know, this, this isn't always going to be easy and you need to think about business and you need to prepare for rainy days and you, you need to do all these things in addition to knowing how to make photographs. And, you know, I, I think that's important information to know and I think the sooner you start to think about those things and make them part of your life the the better you you are for it you know the better I think you'll the better you'll 
Like you'll be more well-rounded. You'll be healthier. I think, you know, it's not just about gear and technique and all that stuff. I think there's a lot more to it that isn't usually discussed. Maybe it's talked about more now, but, you know, talking about these things is, I think, a, openly is a more recent development. Oh, yeah. Well, so you said you've been a photographer for 25 years? I've been making photos for about 25 years, but it, it really wasn't until um, about 10 or 12 years ago that it really started to make sense that this is what I want to do for a living. Um, as I mentioned, I was playing music and, and then I got into photography. and. Um, Around that time, I, I moved back to Cleveland in the early 2000s, and I was studying photography at a, a, a community college here in Cleveland. And, you know, I kind of have a nature of, of really diving into things. And so I, at this time, it, you know, digital was just beginning, and I was in the dark room all the time. I I was taking classes, but I was also a lab assistant and I, you know, I, I really got into it. I, I loved the whole process of working with film and, and I was, I was really interested in photographers who, you know, like I didn't want to be a war photographer, but a lot of photographers I, I really appreciated were, you know, like Robert Coppa and, and, you know, Cartier-Bresson wasn't really a, a war photographer, but he kind of was, I guess. But but what I loved about these photographers was that they believed in something so much that they wanted to make photographs of these things to to share their 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 point of view or what they were seeing as important. And so I always thought, wow, you know, how amazing would it be to, you know, much like the musicians who made music that that influenced me I, I thought well imagine if i could make a photograph that would affect someone else and i would i still could barely make a photograph that was in focus let alone make something that was going to affect people but that was the those were the origins of photography for me and so i was way into it and i you know i i was constantly kind of harassing my instructors you know with questions and they you know a few of them I've become friends with and, you know, 20 something years later, we're, we're still in contact. And I remember they would often say like, man, you gotta, you gotta learn how to do this first and the rest of it will come, but you need to have a sound, you know, foundation. And, uh, so at that time I started photographing this band uh, around Cleveland and, uh, I loved photographing music. It was a lot of fun and it was exciting. And long story short is they were about to sign a record deal and their, their drummer bailed and, you know, I just said, Hey, I play the drums and, you know, we get along. So maybe let's see if it works out. And it did. And I, I did the, uh, the cliche thing and said, you know, forget school. I'm, I'm going to go make a record and, and tour That's around sad. the country. And so I still was, you know, I was, at that time, I, I also bought my first digital 35. And so I was still always making photographs. And then, um, around that time, I, I met, uh, this woman, her name was Jennifer and, and, um, we met here in Cleveland and, and became friends. And that, and okay, I was to say that that's your wife's name, isn't it? My my late wife Jennifer. Yeah, she she passed oh. about uh, well, coming up on twelve years ago. But what happened was that she was living in New York and I was here in Cleveland and we started dating. And I left the band and decided, you know, I've, I've always wanted to live in New York and Jennifer's there, so um, so I moved to New York 
And the night I got there, I, you know, I had an engagement ring in my pocket and, and proposed to Jen. And so then we got, we got married about a year later. And then five months after we were married, Jen was diagnosed with breast cancer. And so our yeah. life really got turned, you know, upside yeah. down. Dude, I'm looking at the project right now on your website and it's so powerful, dude. Thank you. Thank you. Well, it's that's uh man. Yeah, dude. Really, really beautiful stuff, man. Really great, uh, great photographs. But I'm sure the, um, you know, the story is way more powerful than I'm sure just the. It looks like there's probably forty images, maybe or something like that. Uh, there's something like that up on the website. There are a lot yeah. more. But what happened was that we were living in New York, and um, as Jen's illness was progressing, we noticed that you know our, our family and close friends didn't really understand how serious things were getting, or maybe they just didn't want to accept it. In hindsight, I understand it a little more now. But at the time, we needed them, and so. Everything we were trying to do was failing, and and I we were in the hospital. It was uh this one time where we were in there for like fifteen days, and I just asked Jen. I said, "Hey, can I just can I start photographing what we're going through? Maybe if our family, if they if they see what it's like to be in a hospital, maybe they'll start to understand more." And you know, I didn't have any intentions of doing anything other than making photographs to send to our family and. Jen was, you know, she was um, a really wonderful and special person and, and she trusted me. So she knew that, you know, before I was going to make any photograph, I was always going to be taking care of her. And so she said, yeah, you know, that, that's that's a good idea. And so then these photographs ended up turning into something different because a friend suggested that I post them to social media and social media was a little different, you know, 13, 15 years ago. It wasn't as oh, yeah. lo loud as it is now and there weren't as many things like that out there. And yeah, it was definitely felt way more organic it was it, it i remember you know and i know what you're talking about it just felt like you know it felt like you could tell your story without uh feeling like you're exploiting yourself or uh looking for attention it really felt um i think it was healthier dude so much better you know i think there were fewer people who were attacking in the way that it is now and so so anyways you know the long story short is that after jen past those photographs someone shared them on reddit and, and it was like 2014 i think and and i had already moved back here and i i knew those photographs were powerful and i received messages from people and i was trying to figure out what i was going to do with my life and those photos went viral and they were all over the place and i started receiving messages from people who were saying hey your, your photographs helped me and i I thought back to when I was first starting to make photographs and the comment I mentioned earlier about from the beginning, I, I thought it'd be great to make photographs that affected other people. And I, not that I wanted my wife to get diagnosed with cancer and die. I, I would trade all of that for Jen to be alive. But, yeah, of course. But, but then there I was with this body of work that it was affecting people. And that's when it really hit me that this is it for me. Um, I still had to figure out the business side of it and everything else that goes with that. But it was around that time that I just decided, okay, you know, I'm, you know, almost 40 years old at that time. And I thought, this is it. You know, there's no going back to school to be an accountant or whatever for me. It's like, I just watched my wife die and, and I was very aware of how short and precious life is. And the last thing I wanted to do was not follow my heart or not try to, to do something that mattered to me. And so, then began, like I said, the whole process of trying to figure out, well, what kind of photographs do I make? And, you know, I made yeah. these photographs and they affected people. But if someone hires me to do a job, 
am I good enough to take an assignment or to create those things too? Because the photographs of Jen were very different. It was just day-to-day life. Yeah. So, but that was really the moment when it, it became clear to me what I wanted to do with the rest of my life. So you back to what you primarily shoot is it looks like you're primarily a portrait photographer. Is that correct? Yeah, I'd say for portrait and um, people, you know what I mean? Like I, I do love making portraits and I also like trying to tell some kind of story with things, you know, and, and um, I've tried to get more work that I guess, I think the word that people in this, in the industry use now is brand narrative, but trying to do things with businesses that, you know, like blending documentary type of work with, I mean, I, I don't understand advertising. I'm not an advertising photographer, but something that people can use to show, hey, this is what we do and this is how we do it. Because I think a lot of people who aren't photographers want to see these things. And it's interesting to me to see, you know, the the inner workings of something. So Oh, it's my so favorite would, thing about this job, man, is the processes. Oh my God. Like yeah. you, know, you, you don't even realize what, what it goes into. Yeah. I mean, I, again, I'm kind of, I'm talking to you and I'm looking at your website and, and I mean, the stuff of manufacturing, I love that stuff. I know it seems so weird, but it's like, dude, all these little machines, like this <laughs> big, huge machine does one thing. It just like screws caps onto like <laughs> bottles yeah. or something, you know? And you're like, what does this machine do? And it's like, oh, that literally just washes it so we can apply the label and like what does this machine do and there's like these bottles are just spinning getting labels attached to them and i'm like and you know i don't know i get i get unnecessarily fired up about it and that's probably weird no i I, i'm the same way and i i think that to me is that's one of the great things about doing this for a living is that i i get to meet a lot of interesting people and i get to learn a lot of things that i maybe not maybe i wouldn't have been maybe I wouldn't have had access to if I didn't get hired to make these photographs. And, you know, I, I really admire anyone who can do something well and who has the dedication, commitment, and passion to do that. And so getting a job, like you're saying, where you go in and you see how something's made or someone, you know, I'm working on a, a project now with a company that they kind of design and manufacture um, exhibition spaces. And, and I watched these guys making things out of wood and it's just the coolest thing to me because I can't, I don't have that skill set. But beyond that, it's like you, like for me, it's a, it's an ongoing project. So they know me and I go back and you kind of become friends a little bit or you get to know each other a little more. And, and on top of that, I'm watching these people do some really cool stuff and it makes me want to learn more about photography. It it makes me want to be a better photographer. So I think that that to me is the coolest part of this job is that the way it's worked for me, I've been able to meet some really inspiring and cool people. And just, you know, I remember having an assignment earlier this year where I photographed, it's on my site, this company that makes these um, aluminum water bottles and they're very conscious of the environment. And, but when you drive by this building, you're like, oh, it's just some old building. And you have no idea that there's this state-of-the-art technology inside and people who are doing this really cool thing that they're passionate about. And you walk through the doors and you're like, my camera got me in here, you know? And yeah, I, I love that part of of this uh, career. Oh, man. It's, yeah, it's kind of a, 
right? Like, it's like, I don't know. I always felt like, oh, man, I need a press pass to do this. And sometimes the cameras just got me into some of the craziest places. <laughs> yeah. And people would be like, yo, just got your camera. Just come with me and, like, just don't worry about, you know, whatever. So uh, it's, it's an interesting thing because um, I, I always have a camera with me. I just I have since the day I started making photographs. And it's interesting what it what it does. It, it isn't it's an easy conversation starter. Yeah. And depending on how you are, it's, you know, like I just spent, um, I was in Italy for two weeks for my 50th birthday and I oh, went by cool, myself man. and I don't speak Italian well. I, I, I study the language and I can fumble through some things, but I really tried to, for the most part, I was in smaller towns, but I, I would approach people and try to say some things in Italian and start talking. And like, I photographed a lot of the people that I interacted with and it's just a cool thing to, it's one thing, I mean, if you use your iPhone or whatever phone, you, whatever camera you use, it is what it is. But for me, it's this, it's this cool thing to be able to try and make a connection with somebody, especially if you don't know them and you live on different parts of the planet and then to, oh, yeah. to try to make a really cool photograph of them. Like the camera has always been a really fun and exciting thing for me outside of work. You know, it's a very personal thing for me. And I, you know, to, to get back on like the, the industry talk of it, like that was a challenge for me trying to figure out how to keep the personal side of this in my photographs and get commercial work because I don't, I'm not a very technical photographer in the sense of, you know, I, I don't know if there's a photograph on my website that uses more than either daylight, existing light or, or one light added to it. And that's just kind of how I, I feel more comfortable in situations where people feel comfortable. And so, dude, that's so strange. Cause I was literally going to ask you like, man, all of your tones are so even, like, I don't see blown highlights. I mean, it, it just seems so technically sound that I'm like to hear that you're just like, well, I don't, I mean, I don't you know. I kind of, I know how I want it to look and you well, know, I, I make it look like that. I appreciate that. And I, I definitely, I mean, I'm aware of like, you know, obviously exposure and color balance and those things. But I guess what I mean is like when I go into a situation, my, my gut instinct is to try and find what works with existing light. Yeah. Because I think that, you know, if you're photographing models, they're, they're used to lights blasting off, you know, but if you're photographing somebody in a machine shop or somebody who, you know, say a news assignment who isn't familiar with that, it can be imposing and, and it takes a minute to get people comfortable. So I, I tend to try to find things that are natural so people don't you know they don't they feel maybe a little less aware of themselves or self-conscious yeah. you know and so then if i have to bring a light in I, I i can do that but i i just like to keep things simple because i think that that's that's more of how i see the world and you know i when i see some photographs especially the things that seem to be popular now where there's you know whether whether it's filters or a lot of posts that's cool if that's somebody's thing but for me it, it just doesn't resonate with me and so i'm more of the photographer who's saying like yeah i'm not gonna make you look 20 years younger <laughs> you know i'm not gonna yeah, yeah, yeah. take your wrinkles away and if, if that doesn't work for you then that's cool i'm just not the right photographer for you and so oh, for, sure. for me it's it's like trying to find that that comfortable ground because i'm aware that it's you know it's it's strange to be photographed and i'm not trying to make someone look i, I don't know i just i think it's yeah, not yeah. to get on a tangent i think in our society now it's very unhealthy the way that people can't accept that they're getting older <laughs> you know, or that their body's yeah. changing. And for me, that's a big thing, man. I have a big nose and my skin isn't great and I have gray hairs and I'm, but I can't change that and I don't want to. And so, but to, 
what I was saying earlier is that I, I had a really hard time when I first started because I was trying to make photographs that look like photographers who were getting work or yeah. things that I thought people wanted. And the work that I do, it's probably a more narrow window because of how I shoot. But I remember realizing, I don't know, six or seven years ago, it's like I'm I'm just making bad photographs because I'm trying to be other people instead of trusting myself and, and being true to myself. And so so I remember just thinking, okay, man, like find your own voice and and figure out how to make that work. And I've been fortunate. It's uh, every day there's a different thing you have to kind of keep hustling for and, and responding to. But, you know, for me, it's, it's just made sense to say, well, I'm not, I'm not the kind of photographer who's going to go in and be conceptual and throw gels on lights and this and that and respect to the people who do it. But that's just not, that's not who I am. And if I try to make those photographs, I just feel like I'm, you know, trying to be someone else. Oh, for sure. It reminds me, there's a, a photographer that I look up to. Um, and he has a very similar story. His name is Valendez. And he was trying to like shoot landscapes and he lived in Detroit. And he was like, dude, we don't have landscape here. You know, nothing that looks like Utah or looks like yeah. Yeah. Glacier Park. And, you know, so he started shooting his friends doing the things that his friends did. And his friends were gangsters and his friends were like, you know, there are people living in poverty. There are people living in the projects. And he, he made a YouTube. He has a YouTube channel and even his Twitter and stuff. Like, you can follow his work and just watch it just shoot through the roof. It's so good. Yeah. I mean, it just like, you're right, man. He found his voice. And, uh, and there's no denying that, like, he's shooting what he should be shooting now. And he's taken that and he's probably a lot like you refined it into a way that he's still shooting how and what he wants to shoot in an environment that will pay him. Yeah. It's challenging. So. It's challenging because um, this is not like a new thought, but things are changing quite a bit. And, you know, getting people to understand that you need to be paid or what you think is a fair rate <clears throat> is is difficult. And, you know, I had a conversation with a friend yesterday about this. I'm not, marketing is not my thing, but I have to do it. And either it means taking the time to figure it out and do what I can or, or paying someone. And it's a lot, it, it, you just have to, that's just a reality. You know what I mean? Like, I've been fortunate that a lot of people have hired me because they they found my work and reached out. But that I can't make that my business model that people are going to find me. Yeah, and so, for sure. But I've found that if I if I try to stay true to who I am, then if someone looks at my website, they should know what they're going to get. And oh yeah, I think you know I, I'm trying to do this, and I, and I hope it doesn't come back to bite me. But I've been I've been saying no to things if it's like you know I'm I'm not the right photographer for that, or I know that it's like I don't like photographing events and. And it, I know sometimes with events, you end up in a dungeon with five different colors of light. And then I, I end up making photographs that depress me because they're just bad. And, you know, I'll, I'll do whatever I have to do to survive. But in the last year or so, I've decided that I, I want to try to say no to things that don't feel right or that don't feel like something that I, I want to do and, and hope that I can, by doing that, I'm making more room for oh, yeah. the work that I want to do. And it, it again, if at the end of the day, if I have to do whatever to make a living, I'll, I'll do that. But I think there's something to be said about saying no. And it's definitely been years of working and, and setting money aside and putting myself in a situation where I'm not at the moment check to check. But I just, I think, you know, again, teach their own. I don't have uh, any kids. And so my situation is different than someone who is like, you know, has different responsibilities than me. But I can sort of look at it and say, well, I, I, I'm okay making less money, but being happier. It's That's just the situation that I'm in. And so I'm thankful that a lot of people who hire me know these are the kind of photographs I make and I get hired to do that. 
that. But it's been a, a choice and it, there's been sacrifices to get there. And um, I think that's something that I maybe maybe you can't teach that to somebody in school or maybe somebody did tell me and I just didn't hear it, <laughs> you know, but as yeah. I've gotten older, it's like, OK, you know, there's definitely a there's consequences to decisions and there's, you know, um, you have to be smart with your business. And if not, I mean, when the pandemic hit, I, I was scared like a lot of people and didn't know it was going to happen. But I I learned from my brother, who I mentioned earlier, who's a, who's a drummer, um, you know, this is a business and you got to set money aside. And because of that, when the pandemic hit, I wasn't immediately like, oh, shit, you know, I'm sunk. And, yeah. and so, you know, again, maybe you have to learn these things over time. But doing that gives me a little more breathing room and the ability to say no to a job because it's like, you want to give me 500 bucks to go photograph an event and spend three hours doing that and this long editing and this long driving to do something I don't like. It's like, nah, I don't want to do that. Yeah. You know? So how are you primarily finding your clients right now? Man, that is a great question. <laughs> um, your timing on that is really great because I'm, I'm kind of at a moment where I'm, I'm starting to rethink things. I've had, uh, I've had a studio over the last few years and I, I don't do a lot of studio work, but until this year, I was able to pretty much either, you know, bill enough to cover the expenses or, or close enough that the rest of my work covered it and I had a space to hang out or, or store my gear. But this year, this year has been barely did any work in the studio. And I decided, well, at the end of the year, I'm going to let go of the space and sort of rethink how I want to do things. And, you know, there was that the whole thing of photographers can relate to this, you know, it was in 2019, I had moved into this new space and the whole 2020 is going to be my year. And I, I bought a couple of, a uh, couple of, um, screw post portfolio books, really nice books that, you know, I could change out the, the prints myself over time and my name on all this stuff. You know, I started, I put a, you know, leave behind materials. I, I thought, well, I, I don't want to just give somebody a postcard that they're going to throw in the garbage. So I had matchbooks made with one of my photos on one side and my info on the other thinking everybody needs matches. Yeah. So I was gearing all these things up and then the pandemic hit and it's like, you know, all that stuff was useless. And so now I think, I think people are starting to go back to offices. So I'm trying to figure out where is that line of, should I, should I start making some stuff, some tangible things again and just mailing them out? And I think, I think I'm going to do kind of a, an approach of, yes, I'm going to make a physical thing, but I also want to kind of craft a little more of the digital side too. But the difficult thing for me is that I went through the whole send a million e emails or what was the one, the industry access or agency access? Oh, agency access, yeah. You yeah, know, yeah. I, I did that whole thing and I'm sure it's worked for some people, but it didn't work for me. And Yeah, and I it, felt the same way. And it was kind of like, okay, I could either send a thousand emails or I can get a little, more, a little more surgical about it or precise. And so now what I'm doing is I'm trying to make a smaller list of agencies or magazines that I think not only that I, I would want to work for, but it's also like would they actually hire me, you know, or are they doing work that's in line with what I do? And so I'm trying to find that list again. This is something I've, I've done many times over the last decade. And I'm sure other photographers and you, you can relate, like making that list of, you know, these are people nearby. These, these agencies are three hours away. And, and here's someone in Chicago. Here's someone on the West Coast and trying to find agencies that I really think that if they, if I do get them to look at my work, they're not going to look at it and say, why would this guy contact us? Why would he waste our time? And so yeah. I'm trying to find and put together a solid list. And if it's a smaller list, I'm cool with that. But I would like to make things more personal because I think my work is more, not that other, other people's work isn't, but my work I think is very personal. And that that's my strong point. 
you know, my strong point isn't that I'm conceptual or that I'm an advertising photographer or this photographer. I, I think yeah. the the human side of it is the strength. So, so I'm, I'm, are you a part of like directories or anything? No, I, I, I did some of that stuff until the pandemic. Um, I was like with, with wonderful machine. And then I, uh, what was the other one? Um, I'm drawing a blank on their name. There's a few of them, but yeah, they just, yeah, it just found, and... found I was with them. And I, and then I, I'd look at my website and for whatever reason, it was like, I'm getting no traffic from any of these. And <laughs> yeah. And I, for what, and, and some people do. So those things do work for certain photographers. And I think, I think you also have to, you can't just put your name up there and think you're going to get calls. You still have to do the work, but I just found that I was spending money for nothing. And so I decided partially again, because of the pandemic, but I just decided that I, I want to reel this in a little more. And I tried to work with an agency. They, they were called Ender. They were, they started up right around, I think during the pandemic and they, they really had great ambitious plans, but nothing ever happened. And they ended up folding. And I just, at at this point in my life, it'd be amazing to have somebody finding work for me, but I'm kind of accepting that that's just not likely to be the case. And it's, it's, it's for me to do. And I, I think this is something I feel like I'm talking a lot. So sorry about that. But I, I feel like maybe you can relate to this. Like there was to me, there's like this industry talk or this like you have to do things this way. You have to send this many emails. You have to post oh, yeah. this many times. And and again, if that works for somebody cool. But Ian, uh, my friend, Ian Curcio, who re- um, referred me to uh, you, we started yeah. talking during the pandemic because we were both on Wonderful Machine and like we were on a Zoom call and then we got on a phone call and it was just from the beginning. We had this great uh, connection. And since then, we've had you know, three or so years of these phone calls, whether it was talking about photography or life, and you know, he's become a dear friend of mine. And we talked about this, how it feels like in this industry, there's just this tiny voice that's saying, hey, wait a minute, like, you don't have to do it that way. You know, like, there is work out there for all kinds of photographers. And it, it may not be that the work that I'm getting is is known to other photographers or popular in the industry. But like, a lot of the work that I do, I, I really enjoy it. And it's with companies or or magazines that not a lot of people know about and so it's like i don't think that you have to it's not not that you shouldn't do those things if it works for you but i I think there's a way to make a living in this industry that isn't the the cool glamorous stereotype and and for me I'm realizing I, I that's what I need to focus on, you know? And so, so anyways, long-winded answer. I'm just trying to find people that I really think will understand the work that I make and who are interested in that. I think that's that. kind of a, yeah, it's a general consensus right now. I see a lot of guys that, that um, shoot blue-collar stuff. You know, they shoot they shoot like outdoor wear and they shoot, you know, mm-hmm. uh, like Dickies or Carhartt or something. And they're out in the field doing real stuff. And it seems like authenticity yeah. uh, is finally, you know, it, it's the selling thing, you know, it's the thing that works and it, it's always kind of been in the background. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like if you look at like old Chevy truck ads, you know, it's like Chevy truck drives to this farm, but now it's like this dude's unloading feet out of the back of the truck or yeah. he's, he's fixing a fence post, you know? Um, and it, it's, you know, I, I think I understand what you're saying and it's, you're right. You're like, I don't want an agency that's just going to throw my name around to every event coordinator in, in Cleveland because I'm not going to take 
any of that work. What I'm looking for is people that care about, you know, uh, the portraiture that goes with this, this company or with this campaign or with this article or story that's being told and you want to be a part of, of that rather than you know just to, hey you know i think uh angelo could probably do this he, he has a camera it, it'll work well i think i think a lot of people and this may be this kind of goes to what we were touching on earlier about being curious about things i think a lot of people now do want to see how things are made or how things work and i think that i think you know they're definitely still the people who are gonna who want the, the high-end retouched or whatever but I, I think that more people are i think people are burned out i think people want to see things they can relate to i i know for me like if i see when i see fashion photography i admire and respect it for what it takes to make those photographs and i know that that's just not something that i do but i also feel like that just doesn't not all this is a blanket statement but of like, course no but yeah. a lot of it when i see it i think that just doesn't look like my life I don't feel like I could step into that photograph. And so for me, the photographs that I love are the photographs that I look at and feel like I feel a connection to. And those are the photographs I want to make are the photographs where someone else, you know, not like, of course, I care about my peers' thoughts, but I want to make photographs that people who aren't photographers are going to look at and feel something from. And I think that that's the kind of stuff I resonate with. And I think that more people want to see things that feel like their life as opposed to things that aren't attainable. And that's, again, there's, there's, there's different sides to every story, but I agree with you. I think that, that, that kind of authentic, less of, you know, less perfect, if you will. Um, oh yeah. You know, and, and who knows? I mean, it's a weird industry, dude. This year has been a, a strange one for me. It's it's been one of the toughest in many years, and I think um, not to change, but I think something that I that I think is important is that um, I think you have to I I have to accept that some years are going to be better than others, but I'm not going to jump ship at the first sign of rough water because that's it's not realistic in my head to think that every year is going to be better than the last and every year is going to be easy. That's not life, man. Like my, my brother who I told you about, his name is Sam. He um, is a phenomenal drummer. His career has been nuts. If if you remember a song, um, I don't know how old you are, but there's a a song by this band called cameo called word up. And in the nineties, that was just, he, he, he played, he's the drummer on that. And so like, he's had a career where he's played on, hits and he was cindy lopper's killer cindy lopper's drummer for a while and he's done these broadway music he's this amazing career and he's so sam is in his mid-60s and you know he's still working he's still you know he's he's one of the the subs for the the hamilton on broadway and he had done these other broadway shows and and he's still to this day if i if i call him when we get off this call i would bet the farm that if i said sam what are you doing he'd say i'm just doing some practicing you know but my point is that I remember asking him about, I don't know, 15 or so years ago, I said, how have you evolved, man? How have you gone through so many changes and, and you know, you, you, your career, your job has always been to play drums. And he had said, you know, hey, man, there's it's definitely been lean years, but, you know, the people that get the, the jobs are the ones that keep playing. And so I think. I think it's important to know, like, you have to do what you have to do, but 
I know that I'm going to have to continue to face these challenges and these changes and figure out how to keep getting work. And, you know, it's it's not like, okay, you know, I had some good clients in a good year, like my career is set or every year is going to be great. And I, so I think there's, there's a lot more to this than, you know, having the latest, greatest year and knowing all those things. I think that's just a part of it. And, you know, being able to deal with anxiety or, or all the things that come with this industry or, you know, I've talked to a therapist twice a month, a month. I, I take anti-anxiety meds because the world's crazy. And, you know, I think, I think, no, I, like, I think that more people need to know that it's okay to do this stuff and that it's not just okay, that it, it's important, you know, like, yeah, for sure. You know, you, you're not going to be a good photographer if you're on set and you're freaking out because your head's out of control, you know, and yeah, for sure. And then nobody really wants to be around that either. Right. right? So it kind of creates like a contagious, mm -hmm. like, uh, then, then it's like, well, you know, I know this guy's got some stuff going on and we respect it and we want to work with him, but, uh, it's just not working for everybody else so let's uh, let's go with this other guy over here well think about it man like if if you're hiring an assistant and this assistant top of the pops man this assistant knows this software and this lighting and this that all these things right but the person's a drag or the person's negative or the person says inappropriate stuff it, it only takes once for me to say okay I can't hire that person anymore yeah. you know because because I don't if I'm going to get on a plane with an assistant I don't want to think alright I'm going to put myself far away from that person on the plane or you know <laughs> yeah yeah you, yeah. you got to be able to hang out because it isn't just about photography, man. Like it's about relationships and at least for me. And and so like, yeah, I'm not going to hire an assistant who makes things uncomfortable on set, no matter how good they are, because that's just not how I want to live my life. So yeah, yeah. you know, like I'm not anywhere near the, the, the best photographer in the world, but I think that I do get work because people that I work with, you know, repeat customers, they, they trust me and they know that I'm not going to say something dumb to their client and they know that I care. And I'm going to work hard and I'm going to, you know, like I'm just a part of their machinery. So if an art director hires me, you know, this art director has so many other things going on. And if, if they can just say, Hey, Angela, we need this photograph. Here's the details. And I, and I complete the assignment and they don't have to worry about it. Well, hell yeah. They're going to hire me again, you know? And oh yeah. I think that's like, I always try to make the best photograph I can make, but I also, I try to, you know, I'm, I'm respectful of people and I respect their time. And I, I, you know, like, I think that's really important. I think it's, it is about relationships, you know, again, to go back to my brother, I learned this from Sam, you know, he, whenever I go to visit him or when I lived in New York, I'd see his friends and they all spoke so highly of him because he, he's a good person, you know, and he, he has the end of being an incredible drummer. Yes. But people like him, they like hanging out with him. They can count on him. He he goes beyond music and he's a good friend, you know? And so I think that these are, again, things that I've learned over the years that this is part of it. You can make the best photographs in the world, but, you know, if, if you're not thinking about business or if you're a jerk or whatever, it's going to be more difficult because, I don't know, man, like we're not saving babies. You know what I mean? Some people, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But at the end of the day, like I, I have a, I have a, I shoot Canon R5s and I have a, a Fuji GFX 50R, right? Massive sensors. The majority of this work ends up on somebody's cell phone for like four seconds you know so like yeah 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 so i don't know man i that perspective to me it's sort of like hey man i, I woke up this morning it's cool and i get to make photographs for a living also cool and i try to remember that as best i can you know they're, they're the days when trust me like my dog's looking at me like what is wrong with you but you know I, I i just try to keep that perspective that i'm i'm very thankful that this is what i get to do for a living well angela if you only had a thousand dollars to spend on marketing what would you use that money for uh 
I think if I had a thousand dollars to spend on marketing, I would probably, I, I wouldn't use that on like ads on social media. Uh, that hasn't worked for me. I think that I would try to craft something that is um, a little more, not just tangible, but something that is thoughtful. Something that like I mentioned to you earlier that my, my leave behind when I do get meeting meetings is a book of matches with one of my photos on it and my information on the other side, because a lot of these art directors and, and agencies get tons of four by six cards and the photos might be beautiful, but what are they going to do with those? They're going to get filed or thrown away. And so I think trying to find things that people are actually going to use, you know, is a smart thing to do, but also something that's like, you know, I went through the period of, of like, you know, I do these consultations with wonderful machine and I'd make these promos that were slick agency stuff. And, and that didn't resonate with my work. So I think if I had a thousand dollars, I would try and figure out something that figure out something that I would want to get something that I would say, Oh man, I'm, I'm going to put that on my refrigerator or I'm not just going to pitch that but something that is more personal um and then try to do something that's like we said earlier a little more precise you know i i get rid of the idea of making a bunch of cheap stuff to send to a ton of people and i try to make some thoughtful personal things to send to a smaller more thought out group of people who the work might resonate with you know i'd rather I'd rather send out 50 cool things than a thousand pieces of junk you know oh yeah oh yeah it goes back to like, are you making noise? Or are you making progress? You know, yeah, it's like, yeah, cool, man. Well, Angelo, I think this has been a very insightful conversation and I really do appreciate you, uh, loaning me the hour of your time yeah, and, man. and helping me out. I, I really, uh, I appreciate it a ton. Can you let me know or tell the folks that are listening where they can find you and find your work? And if you're open to them dropping a line or yeah, yeah. trying to connect with you, how can they do so? Yeah. Thanks, man. Um, my website is my name, Angelo Merendino.com. And, um, Instagram, I think is the same, uh, just Angelo Merendino at the end. And, um, yeah, I, I'm always happy to hear from other photographers and, and, um, I appreciate you having me on. I, I hope I didn't talk too much and, uh, nah, if there's man. a chance to come back and talk some more. I'd love to do that too, but you know, thanks for having me and, um, I've, I've enjoyed it. Awesome. man. well, thank you. Yep.